Speaking of membership class, can Shane Mackey stand? Oh, he is standing, all right. Shake Anderson stand? And Barry Jenkins stand? These three men went through membership class this week. Welcome to Generations Church. (laughs) Thank you so much. I figured if these two brothers were going to be on staff, they needed to be members. What do you think? Turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 John. The latter part of last year, we began a series called Questions, Tough Questions Thinking People Are Asking. It began with a uh, little little, uh, email survey and Facebook survey. And turned in over people turned in over 50 questions. Some of them were the same question. And it was hard to distill those down as to what the top 10 were. So then we did a survey. First was an email, was a question request. Then it was a survey for people to vote on or categorize or prioritize the questions in their order. And we took the top 10 questions. Today we'll be dealing with question number five. The first question we dealt with was, how do you know the Bible is true? The next question was, why does God let bad things happen to good people? Uh, These are available on CD if you'd like to hear them, and they're also written out in brochures. I do not know if I'm going to be able to continue this through all ten, but the first four are available as brochure outside in the uh, literature rack. They're on your right, or if you go out, it would be on your left. The third question is, can we lose our salvation? These are tough questions thinking people are asking. And is there really only one way to God or heaven? Today's question is why are some prayers not answered? Who wants to know the answer to that question? I don't know all the answers, but I think we'll leave today with with some answers. Maybe we we didn't have or some things maybe we've forgotten or reminded of some things that we already knew or maybe make some things clearer that may have been a little cloudy. 1 John chapter 5 is where I would like to read that in light of this promise, this question sometimes is raised. 1 John 5 verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Who believes that that is true? If that is true, then why are some prayers not answered? This question has come in as number five in our quest for tough questions. Similar questions echo the same sentiment. How come I feel like God isn't listening when I pray? Or why do I often experience doubt when I pray? Why are some prayers not answered? Some, in addressing this question, take a defensive posture, a defensive posture, and say that God always answers prayer, and his answer is sometimes yes, but at other times the answer is no, or maybe not right now, honey. Uh, It's kind of at the extreme form. It's like uh, Russian roulette or playing the lotto as to whether or not your prayer is going to get answered. 
I don't mean to sound harsh if that's your posture. It's fine. I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for our sins and has risen from the dead. Others take a more offensive approach to this issue and say that God always wants to answer our prayers. So the reason for the lack of answered prayers must be something we're doing wrong. The underlying belief here is if we can just use the right formula or get the right steps of the recipe in order, then our prayers will be answered. It's as though God, in an extreme form, is somebody that wants you to be absolutely perfect before he will answer your need. Both of these reflect theology that some have called Calvinism and Arminianism, based on two men that Arminius uh, emphasized human responsibility And John Calvin emphasized God's sovereignty. I embrace the truth in both of them. I know it sounds contradictory, but God is a God of opposites. Who knows that? He created electricity, and electricity is all about opposites. And I think his purpose is to shock the impurities out of our life as we hold on to those things that are true. I must decrease so that he might increase. Those who humble themselves are exalted. It's opposite world. It does not compute with the logical mind. A humorous story is told of two men that walked across the same field and both stepped on the same rake. You ever stepped on a rake and it flips up? And it flipped up and hit him in the nose. The Armenian said, man, I'm an idiot. Why couldn't I see that? I'm never going to do that again. My goodness. What am I, blind as a bat? You know, punishing himself because everything's his fault. And the Calvinist walked across the field, stepped on the same rake, it flipped up and hit him in the, in the nose, and he picked the rake up, and man, that hurts. He said, but I'm glad that part of my life is over. <laughs> you know, meaning everything that happens is God's responsibility. Not knowing all the answers, I do believe that some of my prayers have not been answered due to some hindrances in my life or you could call them hinderers, while other prayers have been answered because of help, that is helpers, help from the Lord, who does answer prayer, and sometimes in unanticipated and or miraculous ways. God helps us in our prayer. Amen? To emphasize the hindrances without recognizing the helps is going to leave us condemned because we cannot be perfect without his help because only he can live the perfect Christian life. When facing this question, we should always remember that the story is not over. Who said your prayer is not answered? The promise says, I'll hear your prayer before. One of the verses in the Bible says, I hear you before you even ask. Another promise says, in the day that you cried out, I answered. Uh, see, we've got to understand that God does not live in the space-time continuum. If I can borrow a phrase from the movies. Time in our experience is Linear. We're like the kid watching the parade through the knothole, one float at a time. But God sees the end from the beginning. His son was known, is known, as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God lives in the eternal now. Jesus Christ has always been, since the creation of the world, the lamb slain. And yet it wasn't until 2,000 plus years ago that it actually happened. So I believe that many of our prayers have already been answered And it's not that the answer is coming to us. It's been answered somewhere on the timeline of our life. As we live and time continues passing through our life, we are going to our answer. 
So rejoice. All we need is you, Lord. As I'm waiting on the answer, all I need is you to carry me through. Amen. A caution. What I'm about to share here should not be used to judge or condemn others. That's a hindrance to not having your prayers answered anyway. You start using the Bible to judge people, guess what happens? Judge, you'll be judged. What I'm about to share here should not be used to judge or condemn others, but rather to learn for ourselves in our own prayer lives as well as to share with others in a loving, open-hearted, and even teachable way because no one but God has all the answers. The Bible says we know in part. But perfection is coming, amen? Amen. So until that day comes, here's some things I've learned. I'm going to share five hindrances to prayer and five helpers for prayer. Number one hindrance, I believe, is our prayers might be hindered because we seldom pray. You want to make sure your prayers aren't answered? Just don't pray. There's no prayers for God to answer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 in the New King James tells us to pray without ceasing. The Amplified Version says, be unceasing in prayer. The Basic Bible English Version says, keep on with your prayers. The Complete Jewish Bible says, pray regularly. The Good News Bible says, pray at all times. This is their translation of the Greek into English. The Message Bible says, pray all the time. The New Living Translation says, never stop praying. Smith Wigglesworth said that he never prayed longer than five minutes but he never lived longer than five minutes without praying. Watch and pray if you're driving your car, for sure. But just whatever your prayer life is, be faithful at it and ask the Lord to help you grow it. And I believe the more that we pray, the more answers that we get, the more faith is built. It's real important, I believe, in writing your prayers down because we forget stuff. You know, that's one of the commands in the Bible is to remember. Set up these stones as a memorial. Don't forget. We, we just forget stuff. When I go back and look in my journals, I'll see some of my prayers. Some of them were lists. And I would have forgotten those lists because they were answered 20 years ago or more or less. I go back and read those lists and think about how that one got answered, how that one got answered. The question, how come my prayers aren't answered, tends to fade away. Because he does answer prayer, but many times we forget. And we can be like David if we remember. When we face Goliath, we can remember the lion and the bear. Oh, yeah. Come on, big boy. We've got what you need right here. Number two, our prayers can be hindered because we stop praying. We get discouraged. And sometimes we have to be persistent. Luke 18, Jesus said that he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now, why would, he, why would he say that if there wasn't some persistence needed? Saying there is, was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within, within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming 
she weary me. Not because of his own righteousness, but because of her persistence, the prayer was, her request was answered by this judge. Verse 6, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust said, unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? I can't speak for the earth, but I can speak for myself. Lord, with your help, you're going to find faith in me. Who would say that today? With your help. Number three, our prayers can be hindered. Maybe our prayers are hindered because they are self-centered prayers or worldly prayers. James wrote, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. An extreme thing of that, I've heard of women praying for some other woman's husband. Not working. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Spirit says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? God desires our heart. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he said, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's no substitute for humility. Humility is the posture that resists pride. We resist our pride or God will resist us. Many Christians experience resistance that they think it's the devil and it's not. It's God. And when God's against you, man, it's not good. Verse 10, the promise is humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Are you being humiliated in your life right now? Don't allow your flesh to rise up and retaliate and get into sin, but just humble yourself before God. It's, it's easy to do. You're already being humbled, right? Humble yourself before God, and exaltation will come. It is a promise. You don't even have to pray for that promise. Just, just obey it, and it will come to pass. I've seen it again and again and again in my own life and in the lives of others. Number four, our prayers can be hindered by our not valuing our spouse. This is a heavy one. Oftentimes it's, it's related to husbands, I want, but I want you to look at the context of what it's saying. And you can see, I believe, that it applies to both husband and wife. First Peter 3. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God, the context he's talking about marriage, also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, not to somebody else's husband, to their own. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That's a term of respect. Um, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So this isn't a, this isn't a uh, dominant lordship. This is, a, this is just respect without fear. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now notice in the context, he's talking to wives about relating to their husbands and respect. And then he's talking to husbands about relating to their wives and honoring them. 
Then I believe he's talking to both of them because he says, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You want to deal with the hindrance in your life? Work on your marriage. I know in my own life when I'm not honoring a vet, man, the prayer life just dries up. Gone. Just you can't you can't. It's like impossible. Maybe by your own bootstraps you can work formulas and chant incantations and try to get things to happen. But if you're not respecting your husband, it's not going to work. It's as though God, who is your father and also your father in law, says, You know, I have some desires to be fulfilled. I desire that marriages reflect the relationship between me and the church. And so let's get my prayer answered, my desire answered, and then you can bring me your desires. Anyway, something to consider. There's something there. Who would, who would say there's something there? Tell your neighbor there's something there. Don't want our prayers hindered. Our prayers can be hindered when we do not love one another. This applies to us all. Peter wrote in chapter 3 of his first letter, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Man, I love my brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Sometimes there's evil that happens. Who knows that's true? And our opportunity to love comes when we do not give it back. Oh, but she's got it coming to her. He's got it coming to him. Well, you know, then that person's going to return evil for evil. When's it going to end? Be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. You know, sometimes something is perceived as reviling and the person didn't intend on it. And we retaliate and we've started a war when we didn't have to. The person didn't intend to revile us. It's a, you know, sometimes we get specks in our eyes. We, we have a blind spot that someone needs to point out. But first, get the log out of your eye. Then you can be effective. Don't want to go to an ophthalmologist that's blind. <laughs> Verse 10, he says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You know, the, the problem with evil is, is it's so defendable by our logic. Well, he made me mad, or she hurt me. We defend our evil. That's not repentance. That's, uh, you know, if I just had one more chance, just one more swing, one more act of revenge, when all we need is him to solve it all. I don't want the face of the Lord to be against me. I want his ears to be open to my prayers. So those are five of the primary hindrances in our life. Praying, praying persistently, having things in order at the house and loving one another. Now here's some helps, some positives. Turning from sin assures us 
of God hearing our prayer. Psalm 66. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. You know, my answer may not come immediately like I want it. But if I can just know that he's heard me, oh, that helps. That, 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 that helps. Gives me the grace I need. Knowing that he hears our prayers helps us pray confidently. First John, we read this earlier. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. Now, that's not, if it be thy will, it's, Lord, I see this in your word. I know it's not contrary to your will. I'm not praying for someone else's spouse or someone else's possessions, coveting prayers, you know. This is... This has to do with your kingdom agenda and not just all about me. Pray those kind of prayers. We know that he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. We know it. Now, the promises dealing with prayer in the Bible answer the question, what? But they don't always tell you where or how, or when. You know? Thank God for the Bible. Some people say that it's perfect, and it is perfect, but there's still some questions it hasn't answered. The how, the when, the where, and why it took so long. Number three, knowing the reality of spiritual warfare helps us to persist. I love this story. I believe it is a glimpse into angelic activity that happens in relationship to our prayers. And if we want the angels to fight successfully, we too must fight, do our part to fight. Not that we're yelling at every demon in the heavenly realm, but that we're praying to our heavenly Father in heaven in the name of Jesus and continuing Jesus said, he who asks, that's a continual thing, receives. He who seeks, finds. He who knocks, it shall be opened. To be persistent in our asking. Look at this. Daniel was praying for something for 21 days. And this angel appeared to him and said, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, you know who Michael is, the archangel, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. I don't understand everything about that, but I know there is another dimension of living, angels and demons and all that other stuff. Another level of warfare. And our part is to pray. Obey, stand in faith. Know that the answer is on the way, or at least we are on the way to the answer. What if Daniel had quit praying before the 21 days were up? Would this not have happened? I don't know. I don't know. It just, to me, it's a glimpse that there's more going on than we realize. And we always have a reason to thank God because he hears our prayers. And he sends answers, and he is putting things together. Sometimes the timing, his timing is perfect, but it's not our time. 
I love that Southern Gospel song. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The three Hebrew children could have been delivered from the fiery furnace before they approached the fiery furnace. Could have. But God chose to deliver them in the fire. You know, um, the rabbis, Jewish rabbis, have what's called the oral tradition. It's unwritten. And their oral tradition that explains that story says that they were clothed. Remember, their clothes weren't even burned. That they were clothed with a cool breeze. It is believed that the fire actually felt good to them. Because without the fire, that cool breeze would have been cold. Interesting. God answered their prayer but in his way that brought greater glory to him. Amen. Forgiving the sins of others is conducive to effective prayer. Look at what Jesus said. This is in the context of him telling us to speak to mountains and mountains being moved and having faith. Therefore, I say to you, Mark eleven twenty four, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, Forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I think this has something to do with answered prayer. Prayer is about our desires. It's also about God's desires. Does he desire his people to walk in forgiveness? I think sometimes he says, Okay, I hear your prayer, but you first. How many of you have been in prayer and an offense becomes obvious to you in your heart? Somebody who you need to forgive just becomes obvious. That's God helping you to pray. He helps us in our prayers by revealing to us who we need to forgive. If we don't do it, we may as well just quit praying because we can't get around it. And finally, the Holy Spirit is our greatest prayer helper. Thank God. Thank God. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit knows his own mind and he knows our hearts and he is able to pray through us to help us pray exactly what we need. Maybe all we can do is groan. Oh, man, you ever, you ever been there? Words cannot express the grief and heaviness in your heart. The Holy Spirit can help us. In verse 28, I love this verse, but we must remember this is, this is in context with the Holy Spirit helping us pray. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Who's been called according to his purpose? Everything will work out for us. Let's depend on the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to bring to our remembrance truths. To reveal to us that all we need is Him. 
to remind us the story is not over. You're still here. You still have a purpose. Amen. In closing, I have one bonus. Be honest and be yourself in your prayers. Keep it real. Nobody can pray like you can pray. God wants you to be you. Now, obviously, as we grow in him, we stop cussing in our prayers, you know. <laughs> but we be ourselves. You know, the Bible says that it was written by holy men of God, speaking and writing as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yet they all wrote in their own style, did they not? You're yourself. Be yourself. You don't have to hire a professional. You don't have to call Godco prayer. Sound, please. It's not that computer, it's the other one. Stage computer. I beseech you. All right, let's go back. All right. How many, how many have you seen a Geico commercial? You'll sit there and watch a 30-minute program and see the same Geico commercial several times, right? Well, I can certainly get away with showing this the third time in church. Joel Carpenter is a new Christian, so to help him pray, we've hired that super pastor guy you see on TV. God, please help my marriage. We're just really struggling right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, He who's created all things, makes the sun and moon rise at His command. I beseech you, take this woman that you've given to me as a helpmate and bring her to her senses that we might abide together forever in a purpose-driven marriage. God, I'm really frustrated at work. Help me find a new job. I ask you now, in this area of employment, thee who gives me the sustenance in an employer fashion, please guide me to something, if it be your will, that would bring you glory. My kids are driving me crazy. I, I don't know what to do. You just help me out. You've blessed me also with many young saplings. And I ask at this day that you would help me and my helpmate to raise them in the way of your word. Amen, God. And now I end this time with you, Lord, bowing before you, giving you all that you deserve in sacrifice and in sacrament. Let it be known that the Alpha Omega is pleased. Amen. Godco, real people, real prayers. That's not, that's not all that unscriptural. Jesus told about two men who went to pray. One said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men. The other one beat his breast and said, be merciful to me, a sinner. One's prayer was heard, the other one was not. Keep it real. Be real. Be real. I want to lift the load of condemnation off the hearts of those that maybe saw a hindrance to prayer and they think it's too late. Your story's not over. And you know what? We're going to heaven. Where it will be worth it all someday. Every tear will be wiped away. 
All sorrow will vanish. Amen. There will be no sermons taught on prayer in heaven. Because we'll be with the Lamb, who is the light of that city. Amen. Sister Sharita is coming to sing to us about heaven. Let me show our appreciation. I sure hope to see you in heaven because I intend on being there. I had a friend of mine pass away, and the first thing I thought about was she's still a Christian because I know she had been, but I also know she had veered away a little bit. And so I was just praying, God, I, I pray that she made it in. It's track one. Much faster than a blink of an eye, lightning flash, heels split the sky. Nobody knows the day or the time. The trumpet will sound, and we will arrive.
Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to be ready when heaven calls our name. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you do not know the Lord, today is the day you can know Him. Amen? In a minute, I'm going to call the prayer team forward to pray for anyone that has a need. Maybe you're sick in your body. For healing, all we need is Him. It's come and receive as a child. Maybe you need wisdom for a decision. There's power in prayer, prayer of agreement. It reflects what God wants. He wants us to become unified as a people. And there's nothing as unifying as prayer, I don't think. So the prayer team's going to be up here to pray for those who have needs. And if you have a need, we would love to pray with you. So can we stand? And could the prayer team come forward? And as they come forward, if you need prayer, come on up and join them. As they're coming, I just want to pronounce a blessing upon everyone. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may heaven be your home also. And between now and then, may the questions you have be answered in Him. Because all we need is Him. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. We're here to pray for you. If you have any needs, come forward for prayer. To Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will
is you. 